right, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Hot Widows Club podcast. My name is Crystal. I'm the hot widow of Eric. And with me, I have my dear friend, Allie, who is the hot widow of Ross. Hello. So we are on the precipice of the greatest day of the year, which is the 4th of July. So prior to me becoming a widow, this was like the one day a year we did it up big. So the garage door opens, born in the USA, Bruce Springsteen comes out, as little clothes as possible, as much to drink as you can get in your belly. And the thing about the 4th of July is it is the only day of the year where it's socially, like completely socially acceptable to drink whatever you want to drink and then go ahead and imbibe on a hot dog, a hamburger, a pork chop, a steak, get you some jello salad in there too. If you have time, put a little bit of fruit on your plate and then let's go to the big dogs, Al, which is mac and cheese. The big dogs. <laughs> My kid's uh, favorite. Mac and cheese, <laughs> potato salad. I mean, I can go all night, guys. Like, seriously, like 4th of July, like what better day? Like, it's amazing. So I've always loved the 4th of July too. Yeah. Plus what's it stand for? Like America, freedom, all the sweet things we have. But that was prior to Eric passing away. So last year was my first 4th of July without Eric. And that totally sucked because, you know, I open the garage doors, I do all the same things and I walk out there and it's just fucking me. And all my neighbors are out and they're excited to see me and they're kind and sweet and all these people I love are there surrounding me. But there's one person missing that ruined the whole day. Yeah. I just don't like not having him there for big moments in my life. Yeah, it's not the same. I think the big moments are are the part where you are reminded that your favorite person isn't here. The one you want to spend all day, every day with. Mm-hmm. And that's why birthdays, holidays are so much harder now. There's a, there's a hole. It is a big hole. And I feel like that, I know Trish talked about that too, like let that hole run deep. And that hole is running really, really deep. Mm-hmm. That hole is deep. I can climb out of it. Like I absolutely can. I can yeah. recover so much better today than I could have. Like I can open that garage door. Yeah, it's going to be a gut punch, but I'm going to go on that day. And I'm still going to have fun. I'm still going to do all of the things I did. I'm going to go to bed that night. And I'm going to think about Eric and think about how much fun he would have had, how much he would have loved to watch me like dancing in the street with the neighbors and throwing kids in the pool and just being who I am. And that's weird. Like I can't, I have a hard time doing like getting to that like comfortable space with anyone else. I don't think you ever will. I mean, the same. I know. I think you're right. It'll be different. Like our relationship, we have a really strong relationship and I think it will just keep getting stronger. But I I mean, I can't replace Eric. I can certainly help. Could try. (laughs) (laughs) Not get weird. (laughs) But. (laughs) Well, this is the Hot Widows Club. Oh my. Anything goes today. So yeah. Oh my gosh. So that's what. 
is going on in my life. I have so many things going on this weekend. Okay, tell me about them. All right, so tomorrow night, I'm going to be with you, lucky yep. me, meow. <laughs> uh, and we are stealing away again. Uh-huh. Can't wait. That's going to be fun with the kids. We're finally going to do a TikTok. I can do the splits, okay? First of all, did you practice the TikTok? Because that's really unfair if you never practice practicing. It. <laughs> I'm going to look like an amateur. No. Okay. You. I mean, I am an amateur, but like... <laughs> Have you ever seen me dance? I mean, just the night it went Hot Widows Go Wild, right? I mean, yeah, I s I've seen you dance a couple times. So it's pretty bad. I would not say that. So, no, I have not practiced. Okay, but I, am I wasn't practice. sure because you texted me last night that I saw later that said, I'm I'm going to do cartwheels in our yeah. <laughs> TikTok. Okay. I'm like, are you practicing? Because I'm not ready. No, I'm not practicing cartwheels, but... I don't know how to do a cartwheel. I'm really uncoordinated. I've told you this before, right? And I think our listenership knows that I can't. Like, there's moments where my friend Jen at the gym, she'll just sit there and laugh at me because oh. Trey will be like, left foot, left. Your other left. <laughs> I just can't figure it out. I cannot coordinate that. So when Renee asked if we wanted to do hip hop, I'm like, I got to learn. I got to figure this yeah. out. She's really good. That's why I'm like intimidated to go with her. I'm I mean, not. she was like cheer captain at our high school. Like she's really coordinated and dancing and stuff, but she's also so fun and open to us learning. And yeah. I'm like, she would be the perfect person. And she also, she's like, okay, I can't do this TikTok with you, but I, you guys have to let me do the next one with you. And I'm like, absolutely. Let's just <laughs> see why how not? the first one goes. She's going to be the one that's like, got the rhythm in the video and we're going to be like the crazy <laughs> like the background dance. robots <laughs> it's gonna be great it is gonna be great it's yeah. gonna be great and i also texted crystal last night i'm like i've been seeing this online and i think <laughs> it will just be hilarious with our kids this have you guys heard of this the tortilla challenge i had never heard of it okay so i think it's new but what you do is so it's two people competing against each other and you have to have water in your mouth and you have to have a tortilla in one of your hands. And then you do rock, paper, scissors with your other hand. Okay. So it's like rock, paper, scissors, but you can't talk because you got water in your mouth. Right. So you're like, mm, mm, mm. And then whoever wins that rock, paper, scissors gets to slap the person with the tortilla. <laughs> and I feel then, like we need to do this. Oh, yeah, we're definitely doing it. But the goal is to keep your the water in your mouth. Oh, sounds so dangerous. So whoever spits their water first loses. So it's not even losing the the rock, paper, scissors and getting slapped. It's whoever. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I will be spinning all night because it will. I'll just be laughing. Yeah. As a mostly educated speech language pathologist, I believe that's a very dangerous challenge to engage in. Major aspiration risk. There. Oh, yeah. Like the videos. I mean, we'll, we'll just try it. Okay. The videos are pretty funny, though. Like they are. And kids do it, too. Okay. Like. I don't know. I just kind of want to see our kids try <laughs> and laugh our butts off. So I feel like that's something that if Ross and Eric were here, they would love to see. Oh, like, yes. Ross would already be doing it. Like we would be doing it at our house. I totally agree with you. Eric would 100% be trying to do that right now. Yeah. Ross, Eric, if you're up there, send us a quick picture of you guys doing that. I have to <laughs> tell the audience. Um I was driving the other day with Ben. We were coming home from baseball and he said, mom, do you think that daddy knows Gus's dad? And I was said, oh no, honey, not on this, not in this life. I said, but I think in his new life, I guarantee he knows Gus's dad. 
Yeah. And Ben said, what does that mean? And I said, I don't know. And I think that's the best answer that I can give you. Yeah. That's so sweet. I know. And I think that's a big piece of how I'm raising my kids because I've been really reflecting on that because I've been really looking at moving forward in my life and kind of things I do and what does this phase look like for me and making sure that I'm still raising my kids right and doing the right thing. And I think that as they get more inquisitive into like, what's mom doing? What's dad doing? Like still keeping dad alive in our house. I think like a lot of the answers I'm going to give them, like, what do you think dad does? Or what does, you know, this happen? I've always just said, I don't know. I can only imagine these things. And I think I'm going to start switching that to, I don't know. What do you imagine he would be doing right now versus me creating that for them? My kids are older, so they're more conceptual now. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be a, a fun new way for me to have them think deeply about their answers to those types of things. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I was telling Allie last night, my kids create forts in our house. And so I carry their mattresses downstairs and they sleep in our living room. And I leave every morning and my kids and my nanny are there and my kids are still sleeping and the nanny's there. But I have this big picture of Eric in my living room that I don't think I'll ever move. I have no plans to move it. And Eric is just overlooking them as they sleep. And this just started like a week and a half ago. And I've really been reflecting on that. And my heart feels so full every time I come downstairs and he's looking at me and I know he's probably got a boner (laughs) and the kids are sleeping and it's just so special to see that because my kids are so close. They are each other's best friend and they're all just snuggled up together. And there is Eric just overlooking them, smiling in the way that only Eric knew how to smile. And it just... My heart feels full when I see it. I mean, my heart, as broken as my heart is, one iota of it feels full. Yeah, the kids. It's, it's all about those kids, I swear. They bring me so much joy. And my kids are also very close. They're best friends. And it's so, it just warms my heart to see them together, doing things together, whatever that is. They do everything together. And... Like you said, just to know that I, I know in my heart and like for a fact that Ross is looking down on us. He's so proud. What I have started doing is, and I've talked about this on, on here before is like talking to Ross. I do that a lot. And what I have started doing is imagining how he would respond to me. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. And it's really helped me. Okay. So this week was Gus's birthday and Gus's actual birthday was really hard. It's I, I feel like it's kind of been lingering this week. So it's been a it's been a harder week for me. But I was imagining just not even imagining. I'm like talking to Ross and then I would imagine what he's saying back to me. And every single time I do that, I have comfort because I feel like I'm remembering him more, like what he would say to me. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because every single time I do that, I I know. So Ross was really funny and really witty. And he would always just try to give me a hard time because he loved doing that. And so this week, when I imagined it, the first thing that popped to my mind is, you are spending way too much on balloons. <laughs> 
I also feel that about you <laughs> when I walked into your house this weekend. I love balloons. You I can't know. go wrong. They bring so much joy. And my kids love them. Whatever. Anyways, it just made me laugh. And, you know, and then I imagine him saying, I'm so, you know, proud of you and the boys and I'm with you and I'm not going anywhere. Like that's what I pictured or imagined when I first thought of that. And I'm like, that is Ross talking to me. And obviously I'm not hearing voices, people. I'm not crazy, but I have found it to be comforting. So if anybody has lost somebody out there, I encourage you to try talking to that person and then imagine what they would respond to you. Either write that down or just, you know, be in a spot where you're just alone and just at peace listening. It's been good for me. I love that. That's really helpful for me. I've been trying to talk to Eric more too and just have more conversations with him. Like Eric wasn't a huge conversationalist. So the thing that made Eric and I work is that despite this podcast and me talking to Allie, I'm not overly talkative. So I kind of enjoy just sitting in silence. And Eric and I worked because we sat in silence sometimes. And we did not talk about like Eric and I's relationship never went into politics, religion, anything that was really controversial because it didn't matter in our house. Like those things, like they're just noise to us. Like we just existed with one another, which is part of why I talk about so much, like how content I was with him because nothing clouded our relationship besides one another. Like I've talked before about him not knowing much about our work, my work or his work or whatever. I didn't care. That's just noise. It was just us. And that was a really special thing. And I don't know that everyone gets that. I don't know that. I don't know that our relationship is right either. Right. Some people are like, you don't talk about like pressing matters. You don't talk about things that are important to the earth or the environment. And I'm like, you know, I do that at work. I do that at work. I do that in other spaces. I don't do it at home with my family. And so when I talk to him now, like I just want to hear him laugh. And I think through what we talk about on the podcast, I just know that he's laughing at me. Like when I say things about him or like all the stupid shit that I say, like that would have made him laugh. And that's all I wanted out of life. And to have him look at me the way he used to look at me and he would laugh while he did it and he would just giggle and oh my gosh. I'm sure he's loving this and listening and laughing. <laughs> I can feel and him giving now, you those eyes. Right. Right. I can feel him now just like being here with me. Anyways. <laughs> I shouldn't be crying, but it's okay. Yeah. I mean I should be. It's fine, yeah. But I do. I'm yeah. Fourth of July will be really hard for me. Father's Day passed. We did not end up going for our hike. No. That we hyped up. What did we do, Crystal? (laughs) You know what we did. You know exactly what we did. Long story short is we did our photos. (laughs) Thank you to our photographer. Correct. And I think she nailed it. So. I think she nailed it too. I think you will be seeing, probably before this airs, our new cover to our podcast. I will tell you, 
I love the photos, but the outfits are not an accurate representation of me. <laughs> oh, except for the Air Force. The Air Forces made it into the picture. Okay, so here's the thing. I think I said this on the last podcast. I can't remember. I cannot get stuck in a picture. We talked last time about me changing my clothes four times a day. I also move a lot. I shift, I move. I cannot get stuck in a picture. It drives me crazy. I think you also need to tell the audience, this is not me. Like, Allie is not saying what Crystal should be wearing. No, Allie is not telling me what to wear. No, and I I think that you said that last episode. I never told her what to wear. Ever. I rescind the statement. Allie has never directed my clothing choices. She looks great in these photos. Her outfits are 100% Crystal. I don't care what you say, Crystal. They are you. And... She looks fabulous. And that is Crystal. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. They are. And all of her friends will agree. I don't know. We'll see. You're wearing a Husker outfit. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Anyways, we did the photo shoot. What else did I do? I came home and my kids were like, hey, mom, let's watch Top Gun. Hey, FYI, for anyone who's widowed recently, don't watch Top Gun. Yeah, no, I'm not going to. That's a really, so I watched the original, the OG one. I'd never Mm -hmm. seen it. Mm. So yeah, there were some very sultry parts that children should not have watched, nor should a widow watch. It was sad. Yeah, I don't really care to watch that Mm -hmm. again. (laughs) And then my refrigerator broke. And then a few nights later, my son said, man, mom, I wish we lived in a house with a good working refrigerator. I'm like, that's the least of my worries, kid. (laughs) I could do without a working fridge. Oh, to be a seven-year-old. I know, right? I wish I lived in a home (laughs) where my husband was with me, right? That'd be Mm -hmm. really sweet. Yeah. I want to talk about secondary losses today. Mm, Good. So we've never talked about it on here, but there are and all you widows will understand this or widowers that just losing your person is not just the loss that you lose. That's the largest, I would say that's the heaviest, but there are a lot of other things that come with that. And for me, one of those is my identity. And what I've been thinking about and reflecting a lot this week is that I just do not identify with the word widow. I do not see myself as a widow. I do not feel like a widow. I don't even, that word is really hard for me to identify with because as crazy as this sounds, I still feel married. I still feel that. And I don't feel like a single person. And I don't know when or if ever I will feel that way, but I was just reflecting on it. And it's interesting because I've been a widow for a year, but that word still is like, I don't know how to identify with that word. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know if I do or don't. I've never thought about that. I can tell you, I don't feel like a single person. I kind of feel like a single person. And I think when that started for me is when I took my wedding ring off because that symbolized our marriage to me. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I love how it happened. I loved everything. And so taking that off was so 
so, so, so hard for me. I still look at it. I still want to put it on. So I think that's why I identify as kind of like a single person, but I don't, I would say I identify, I don't feel like I identify as a single person. I, I mean, I guess I realize I'm single now more than I ever did. But Eric was in and out of the hospital so much. So for the longest time, like the first probably eight months, I just thought he was going to come home. Like I just, obviously I knew better, but I would feel like it's like he's in the hospital again and he's going to come home. And I think the burden is setting in now that he is never coming home. I mean, it, that in probably like in October, November, I guess it really hit me when I turned 40 and I'm like turning 40, my husband's dead, never coming home. So many different things hit me. And then I went into the holidays and then the one year anniversary. And I suppose now I feel a little more, but I don't identify with the word single. That doesn't fit me. Yeah. But that's usually the box you check. So like, yeah, the box is usually married, married or single slash widowed. So it's like they go together. I don't know. I was just reflecting on it this week. And for me, it's not any, like I, I, I haven't worn my ring in so long because mm-hmm. I was at home with Ross. We were both working from home during COVID. Like I just didn't wear my ring when I was at home. So the wedding ring is not like not having it on is not a symbol to me. It's more of like, I think the love, like I still feel so in love and I feel his love and it's just a feeling. And so I just wanted to share that this week that I've never really said it out loud, but I just don't identify as a widow. Like that word just doesn't feel like it defines me, but I guess that's the box I check now. The other thing, these are some other things that are secondary losses And uh, feel free to jump in here, Crystal, if you can talk about any of these, but it's the loss of self, loss of identity, which we just talked about, loss of self-confidence, which we have definitely talked about on here. Oh yeah. Loss of chosen lifestyle, loss of security, definitely talked about Mm -hmm. that on here. Loss of feeling safe. I actually feel, I have always been a very, like I've always felt unsafe. One of the things that Eric did for me was he cre- gave me that confidence which we talked about and security and safety. And when he died, the one thing he did not want me to be is unsafe ever because he knew how impactful that was to me. And I've almost felt stronger since he died. And I know that is him. I know that is him filling me full of like strength. And because he knows Like I didn't ever want to be scared. Yeah. You also have like a million locks on your house. I do. I have a million (laughs) locks. I remember the first time she showed me around her house. She has, her house is guarded. She has some (laughs) like video or uh, cameras too. Oh yeah. Like, wow, I need to get on But I told you there was after um, Eric passed away and his obituary went viral that I had some creepers. Yeah. That's scary. We don't want that. Stay away creepers. Yeah. Stay away. Loss of known family structure. Definitely. Oh my gosh, yes. Loss of the familiar manner of relating to family and friends. Loss of the past. Loss of the future. Future 100%. Past I can deal with. Loss of direction. 
Yeah, yes. that's a big one. <laughs> I was going to say, looking right at you. Which path do I go down? Loss of dreams. Loss of trust. I don't have trust. I don't haven't lost trust. Loss of sharing with a loved one. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. So much. Loss of ability to focus. That's getting better. Loss of ability to see choices. That's getting better. But I always tell my contractor. <laughs> so I'm having my bathroom done and he, I don't like choices are for me are a pain. Like I have choice paralysis. Like don't give me 50 different things to choose from. Give me three. And so I always tell him, just give me, just bring like three or four samples. You choose whatever. I'm easy like Sunday morning. So that's my thing lately. I'm just like, you know what? Whatever you decide, I'm easy like Sunday morning. You know that song? Yes, of course. I know the song. But Sunday morning's my favorite day. Did you know that? That's when I drink coffee and write. And I write for hours and drink a ton of coffee. Yeah, I love Sunday mornings too. I've always loved Sunday mornings. Loss of ability to make decisions. Loss of sense of humor. Loss of health. Which is a big one, I think, because the stress of grief really does take a toll on, on your health. Mm, for sure. We are lucky and unlucky to be young. So we have that in our favor, but a lot of widows who are, you know, much older, this does affect them. Mm -hmm. It does affect your health. It affected mine. I mean, I couldn't, I was not performing at the levels that I wanted to be. I was just going through the motions. I know like I was not eating well. I was just trying to get by. And those are two things that are very important to me. I eat a very regimented diet. I work out on a schedule. And so for like the first year after Eric died, I was making really poor choices with my diet and exercise routine. So, yeah, which I eat to like be really, really healthy because I'm convinced that I don't know what happened to Eric, but it was definitely environmental. Mm -hmm. And so I don't put. I don't put things that are genetically modified into my body. I don't put potions into my body. I rarely eat out. Like everything is very natural for me. And so for me to lose that was really bizarre. Oh, yeah. What you eat is, is very important, which we'll get here in a second. I want to talk about that. But for me, I just wasn't hungry, like for a really long time. I definitely lost weight those first couple months. I just wasn't. And that goes into grief, I think. And, Again, that's losing some of your health when you're not eating. Mm -hmm. I also was so low on energy, probably because I wasn't eating and lack of sleep. It just all goes into it. Yeah. Loss of inner happiness and joy. Loss of patience with self. There's also a loss of financial aspect. It's challenging. Yeah. Like losing somebody is the hardest possible thing but then everything that follows nobody really talks about how difficult it is to take care of all the things like anything you can think of like my for instance my cell phone like all of our apple ids like everything is still under ross like yeah it is it, it's going to be a challenge to get that all i guess undone but i'm not in any hurry like there's there's no right. reason for that but Anything that you can think of, that's what that's what you have to kind of work through after. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so, there's so much that goes into it. Someone called me yesterday asking for Eric and I said, Oh, I'm sorry. He's deceased. And the person just goes, uh, okay. Bye. And I'm like, that's the best you got for me. Like you, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what they need. I don't, it was actually, uh, the hospital, not the hospital in Omaha, but our hospital in California. I don't know why they were calling, but yeah, we have a lot of things that still have Eric's name on them. The worst is getting mail with his name on it. Yeah, we get, I mean, every day I right. get stuff with, with Ross on yeah. it. It makes me super sad when I see it. But I love getting the mail because I have so many pen pals. Speaking of pen pals, I just got a whole new box of stationery. So for anyone who's accustomed to getting letters, expect some really great new stationery coming your way. Cool. I know, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, Allie, that's a really, really great list. And I think secondary losses is huge, right? Secondary losses occur in anything that we do. Anytime there's something that happens, there's always that after aftermath. One of the things that Allie has talked about with me before is that I was Eric's caretaker and losing my position as spouse with Eric, but then losing that role of caretaker, that was a secondary loss for me as well. Because it was a loss for yeah. me too. For sure. It was such a big part of what I did. Yeah. Just, I mean, just worrying about it too. I think, I mean, I'm just going to say this. F you cancer. Like right. I cannot, I wanted to come on here so bad to just say that because. Were you going to say F-U-C-K or were you just going to say F you? <laughs> no, F you. I'm not going to Our listenership knows I'm the only one that will say that word. <laughs> Wait, has Ellie ever said that word? Call into the uh, Hot so. Wheels podcast. I have never just said the F word. On not here. on here, but she does. Oh, just so you know. Oh, maybe. Well, I thought we were talking about on here. No, on here. Anyways, cancer. Cancer freaking sucks. Yeah, it does. I, I, it. I absolutely, I mean, I think everybody can agree. And cancer affects a lot of people. Yeah. Like a lot of our listeners. It does. You have been affected by cancer in some form of another. You know somebody. Who's you know had. us. Right. Right. You're listening because of us. But there's probably listeners that don't know us very well, but you probably know somebody that has had cancer, gone through cancer, has lost somebody to cancer. Cancer is the worst. On Father's Day, when my refrigerator broke, I called my neighbor and I was talking with him about how I'm, my kids were going to camp and they were going to this amazing camp for kids whose parents have been affected by cancer, which it was a glorious experience for them. So awesome. Um, I encourage everyone yeah, to check this out. When my kids are older, I can't wait to yeah. send them. And so I said, it's for kids whose parents have been adversely affected by cancer. And Dan said, wait, adversely affected by cancer isn't everyone who's affected by cancer affected adversely. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course they are because it is, it is no matter how you're affected by cancer, it's an adverse effect. Like no one goes in there being like, sweet, I have cancer. Right. Or, oh God, this is so great. My friend has cancer, right? Yeah. What an awful, awful thing that cancer is. And it's something I never thought I would deal with. Have I ever told you that I worked on a cancer unit? Nope. I did for about five years. It was a big part of my life. I want to give a shout out to all of the oncology nurses and doctors. You guys are angels on earth. Mm -hmm. I, you go day in and day oh out gosh. with cancer patients. And I just remember going to treatments with Ross and I would sit with him for hours and all the 
patients around him would be getting, um, you know, chemo that we would all be sitting in chairs together where they were at, they were sitting together. And so I could, we could talk to other cancer patients and it is so sad when you hear are hearing of somebody physically suffering. Yes. The vomiting. I mean, the pain. One day I was sitting there and this lady came in who was going to get chemo and she goes to the doctor. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like the chemo is killing me. The chemo is hurting me so badly. I cannot do this anymore. And I just remember grabbing Ross's hand and just squeezing it so tight because no, I've never gone through chemo, but like I've watched somebody go through it. I've watched a lot of people go through it and it is so difficult. And so anyways, I just wanted to say F you cancer. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I, when we were going through Eric's journey, Eric's chemo affected him really bad. Like he didn't look like himself after transplant and he just got sicker and sicker and sicker. And so we saw firsthand what chemo did to to someone right there. Right. And Eric was sick all the time. He would vomit, you know, every two hours he'd be vomiting up something as pills, food, et cetera. And for the longest time I kind of kept that stuff around and, When just this weekend I was cleaning out some closets and I ran across those emesis bags. Allie, do you know what I'm talking about? The green Mm -hmm. emesis bags. And anyone who's gone through cancer knows what those look like. And I just looked at them and I was like, oh, gross. Fuck you, cancer. And I threw them away. I did not say F you. I said the F-U-C-K. Like when I saw those, it just, I was like, why did I keep these? What an awful thing. Like, yeah, I might need something to throw up in someday, but I don't ever want to remember that journey and how painful that was for him and how much it hurt physically him and embarrassing as a grown man. Anyone who was over, you know, he just was so brave all the time. Like Eric was the bravest soul to go through cancer as sick as he was. And like the way that he, he was so strong all the time and he would just, he just did it. He did it for us. And that was, you know, that is something that you'll never find again. I don't feel like I'll ever find someone as brave as him. And smart as him and like as kind and loving, like he is just, I am in love with him. I am still, like you said, still married to that. That feeling. I'm 100% still madly in love with Ross. Of that perfection. Mm -hmm. That is Eric. I feel the same way. I have never been more proud of Ross to call him my husband. He was just an an amazing, strongest person I've ever met in my entire life. Just so strong. I love standing up next to him, even when he was sick and like 130 Mm -hmm. pounds. I mean, Eric was six foot six. He had this beautiful dark hair and his dark beard was all gone and he was bald and I stood next to him just as proud you know when he was bald and 130 pounds Mm -hmm. as I did when he was 220s fucking smoke show right I mean I love him and I'm so proud that I got to be married to him and have kids with him create this life next to him so so Eric's doctor and I are pretty close he and I were talking over the weekend and I said, I can't imagine how you felt 
watching us. Like we really haven't talked about that much. And he's, you know, he said, he's so kind. He's like, even at your, your worst, you're at your best and all these things. And, but the reality is that was my absolute worst. Like just fighting every day to get up and take him in there and hear more bad news every time. Like, Oh, there's more blasts in the peripheral. There's, you know, it looks like he can't eat. He's losing weight. And it was just day in and day out. Bad news for me. And now it's like I'm trying to move forward and I'm looking for good news and doing great, right? I mean, most of the time. But you know what? There's just sometimes you have bad days and I'm doing really great 99% of the time. And sometimes I just don't do great. I know. I feel you. I'm here for you. I know you are. And I'm here for you. I'm glad we have each other. I know. I'm so glad we have each other. We should tell our listeners how glad we are that we have each other. <laughs> I don't think they know that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're thankful for all you guys for listening. This means a lot to us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And we, we're so excited. We're excited to take this hopefully to the next level. We're going to start marketing it, even though it scares me to death. But I got Crystal with me. We're going to have a new cover. We're going to have a launch party July 30th. We're going to start a Facebook page, an Instagram page. You can follow along. I'm trying to talk Crystal into doing some writing on there. Again, so grateful for Crystal and for you guys. We'll share some of, more of our candid pictures on there as well. Yeah, maybe we'll share our TikTok. I don't know. Or our tortilla slap challenge. <laughs> we are not sharing the <laughs> dance video. <laughs> oh, of Crystal's butt? Yeah. <laughs> We're not. That was awful. Uh, yeah. So, um, I think Allie, is there anything else for tonight's episode that we I need don't to think share? So. I think maybe next time I want to talk more about signs of cancer. Like I just want to advocate for our, ourselves and for our listeners and to, you know, listen to your bodies. Like if something just is, doesn't feel right, like listen to it and don't wait. It's not going to get better. And I also want to say to those that, you know, are of a certain age and you can get certain tests done. Like I think at 40, you can get a, what's the breast one? Mammogram. Mammogram. Thank you. Please do that. If you are 40 years old, please go get a mammogram. Do not wait. If you are 45, go get a colonoscopy. Do not wait. I wish so bad that that age could be lowered and I will advocate for that for the rest of my life. Lower ages for those. But yeah, I just want you to listen to your body. And if something isn't feeling right, if you have any sort of changes, whatever that is, and you're like, that's weird, go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Like, don't wait. Yep. I know it's really hard. We all have busy schedules. We're all parents. We all have jobs. We all are running around like crazy people. But take the time because you are the most important person. You are. So do it. Do Absolutely. it for yourself. Thank you, Allie. That's awesome. That's great. I appreciate you bringing that up. After Eric died, I did all of that because I had the same, like I was in the same space. And so it was like, Eric died. And it's like, I need to get a mammogram. Like I have to get that done. And so two weeks later, I go and I get a mammogram. And it was literally the first gut punch that I got after Eric died because they made me change my emergency contact. Mm -hmm. mm. That was awful. It's awful. So, if you're recently widowed or you haven't done that yet, just be prepared for that conversation. Bye, guys. Signing off Thank from you. the widowhood. Good night.